is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. With us today on the show are two people involved with the production of With This Light, which tells the inspiring story of a nun from Honduras who spent decades serving the poor before she died in 2020 of complications from COVID-19. For more than 70 years, Sister Maria Rosa Lego helped more than 87,000 Honduran children escape poverty, and she fortified her legacy as an activist and a visionary. Her work continues as the movie With This Light features Maria and Rosa, two teens in her programs who are fighting to create their own lives. Our guests today are the executive producer of With This Light, Jessica Sarowitz, and one of the film's producers and co-directors, Nicole Bernardi-Reese. Jessica Sirowitz, founder of Miraflores Films and executive producer of With This Light, is a social impact investor and entrepreneur. Nicole Bernardi-Reese is a producer and director whose work spans narrative shorts and feature films, documentary features, and television series. And she has taken numerous projects from development to delivery for broadcasters, including PBS, A&E, and the Science Channel. Welcome to the show, Jessica and Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Chris. Jessica, you were born in Honduras and you grew up in Chicago. So where did the inspiration for the film about Sister Maria Rosa Legal come from? Yes, I was born in Honduras and um, I really met Sister when I was eight years old. And as an adult, well, my parents would go down and do mission trips. They took me down and I uh, had the good fortune of uh, meeting her as a child. She saw me. She came up, gave me a tremendous hug. So I, I knew that perspective of what sister was like, even from a child, where she had this tremendous spiritual sort of loving presence. And I also saw her bossing people around uh, <laughs> all the time. And it's really unusual because as a child, you know, I, I really noted this. Um, you don't see a lot of women bossing people around, you know, and um, just doing a lot and looking very important. Anyways, as an adult, I spent about seven years um, working with Sister on her various social programs in Honduras, especially programs that were centered around youth. And um, a lot of people would just spontaneously come up to Sister or to me and say, did you hear this wonderful story uh, when Sister stopped the plane from taking off? Or this wonderful story of sister uh, rescuing a child when there was a flood or just testimonies from people saying, sister, I was one of your kids and now I'm all grown up and I have my own family and I'm just here to say thank you. Thank you for all you did for me. So I thought to myself, you know, sister's getting um, older. She was in her 90s. And wouldn't it be a shame if we didn't capture in her own words, her spiritual message of how did you do this powerful work? transforming over 87,000 lives, mm -hmm. um, you know, through her spiritual message, through her social programs, 
and let's have her talk about some of these stories that are always revolving around her. So that was the inspiration for um, doing the, the film, the documentary. Yeah. Nicole, when did you start working on the project and why is it coming out now, three years after the death of Sister Maria Rosa? I actually started working on the project in uh, 2018. I got a call from Jessica, um, a very, I think, divinely inspired call because I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next in my life as a, as a film producer. And if there was something maybe I should be doing differently. And I was like, I need a sign that I need, you know, I need a sign that I should be doing this. And I got a phone call instead. And it was from Jessica. And she said, I want you to meet this woman who I had never heard of. And I'm like, how do you, how does somebody do that amount of work? And you haven't heard of them, you know, had such that an impact and you haven't heard of them. That's kind of what I was thinking. Why didn't we hear about her before? Right. Exactly. So I was like, this, this is really intriguing. And then what did I miss? And so um, I went down there with Jessica and then we started putting together a team in early 2019 we shot most of it uh, 2019 to January 2020. We were going to go back and shoot with Sister S'more, but of course COVID happened. And so we spent um, you know, about nine months trying to figure out how we could get back there, how we could film with Sister, um, you know, what we could do to finish the film. And then unfortunately, as you mentioned earlier, she did pass. So we had to kind of reconfigure how we were going to tell her story, uh, which we did. So we finished shooting in 2021 and premiered the film in 2022 at the Austin Film Festival, where we won Best Documentary Feature. Awesome. Some people call Sister Maria Rosa the Mother Teresa of Honduras. How are their lives and ministries similar? Wow. Um, you know, what was really similar is just her great uh, compassion. She used to call herself the crazy heart. And what that really meant was that it was like being from that sort of cut of that radical Jesus where, um, and she would say this, I, I wouldn't, you know, ask for permission, right? you know, like Jesus wouldn't ask for permission. If there was someone who was truly vulnerable and in, in great need, she would find a way, she would find a way to uh, reach out to the person, see them wholly, and um, also see if there's any way that she could give them some sort of concrete assistance, mm -hmm. because, um, you know, uh, she wanted them to have uh, access uh, to, um, you know, transformative sort of opportunities and just better lives for themselves and their families. She had just this breadth or this ecosystem of uh, different social service programs. So it wasn't just um, educating over 87,000 children. She was also the founder of um, Honduras's Rapid Clinic social service rapid clinics, over 120 rapid clinics in rural areas that didn't have access to medical care. She uh, created a whole town, um, brought in, you know, um, all the infrastructure, light, sewer, uh, water, all of that, um, and created this whole town. She um, helped others get started in, in their facilities. So um, she just had this beautiful heart and people just came to be of service. There were a lot of mission groups that would come yearly from universities, um, church parishes, and so on and so forth. So um, she, I, I, I guess it was just that compassionate, crazy heart. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was also part of Mother Teresa's um, 
effect that you just saw this spiritual effect in the works. And it was just a multiplier effect. Right. Thanks, Jessica. I saw at the end of the film, the, you know, the list of all the programs that she started and it kind of kept going on and on and on. And I was amazed at that. Nicole, as you worked with her, as you, as you followed her around and talked with people, how did Sister Maria Rosa inspire people to help the people who were impoverished and orphaned? That's a great question. And it's, um, it's kind of hard to put into words because it just happened so kind of organically, but she had this ability to just kind of see you for who you were. Like I, when I first met her, I, it, I felt like I was being seen for the first time. I don't know how else to put it. Like she just could see who you were, could see what you wanted in your heart, could see probably, you know, some of the things that you yourself didn't even know that you wanted to do that you had the ability to do. And she just really brought that out of people. And so when you feel that loved and that kind of supported, I think it's just natural then that you want to be able to do that for others. And so, you know, she, she was able to do that for so many people. She did that for Jessica. She did that for me. She did that for countless of other people around the world, but she also um, from the beginning taught her, you know, the children in her homes that, that, that their job and responsibility was to also show that this is a, her work was a work of love and redemption. And so when you see all these people who are committed to that mission of love and redemption of helping their fellow, you know, human beings, it's really hard to not engage in it yourself. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's really what it is, is that she just was able to really activate that love in, in all the people around her. Where does the title of the movie with this light come from? What does that mean? It means a couple of different things. Uh, you know, in the film, it's, she says, um, you know, when you, to paraphrase what she's like, when you're, when you're kind of like are hitting a point of darkness or you're lost, just, you know, say, Lord, she, she says, Lord, give me a light so I can see, but it's also, she was a light to so many people and the ability to activate that light in yourself. I, you know, um, I think that's something the girls in the film are trying to do is to really, she has kind of lit the spark in them. And so it's, they're trying to keep their own light active. And so it's really this kind of triple sort of metaphor but really it's like i feel like it's an embodiment of her mission you know this idea of that like you see the light you benefit from the light you become the light you spread the light which i think is what she did her whole life. Jess, would you agree oh absolutely she was definitely someone that was um i always said she had a special channel to the holy spirit and um when you're in the presence of someone like that you just feel it you know, you, you, it's, it kind of like, uh, radiates this pureness. Um, and when you're in the presence of someone like that, then, um, anything is possible. Anything is possible. And, um, there were countless times, um, in the trajectory of her work where I think, um, people said, you know, I I doubted sister. I didn't think that it was going to happen. Like she had this great story where, um, there was like 50 children that came to her all at once because this other institution had to be shut down for other reasons. And uh, this was like a government institution. And she just took the kids in and the workers were really um, beside themselves. They're like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to, you know, there's no beds. There's no, um, you know, housing. How, how are we going to provide for them? And it was a real conundrum to them. It was a problem. And so she said, you know, you need to have faith. It'll be all right. God will provide. And sure enough, 
later that afternoon, a truck comes, a furniture truck comes and has all the beds she needs, 50 uh, mattresses, 50 beds. And uh, the next day a donor comes and brings some, some um, funds and the problem is solved. And people were like, you know, this is one of her great stories. We're not going to doubt sister. When she says she's praying and she's got the faith that, you know, the Lord will provide that it happens. That trust in God is a hard thing to do sometimes, but it, she was clearly pretty good at it. Well, after the break, we're going to talk some more with Jessica Sarowitz and Nicole Bernardi-Reese about the movie With This Light, which is now available on video on demand on Apple TV+, Amazon Prime, and lots of other streaming platforms. This is Chris Gunty, and you're listening to Catholic Review Radio. Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. After 10 years of discernment, Sister Philomena Clare made her final profession in June as a member of the Franciscan Sisters, Third Order Regular, of Penance of the Sorrowful Mother. In July, Conventional Franciscan Father Michael Heine, Minister Provincial of Our Lady of the Angels Province of his religious community, received the simple profession of vows from Friar Vincent Mary Uli and Friar Marvin Paul Fernandez at the Shrine of St. Anthony in Ellicott City, Maryland. The rite of profession marked the end of the first year of their novitiate, which comes on the heels of the Archdiocese of Baltimore ordaining eight priests in June, its largest class in 40 years. The Maryland Catholic Women's Conference wants to recognize outstanding women in Maryland who live their faith daily, exemplifying the virtues of faith, hope, and love, and leading those around them to Jesus Christ. The award will be presented at this year's Maryland Catholic Women's Conference, Holy Women, Holy Lives, November 11th at St. John the Evangelist Parish in Severna Park. Nominations are due by September 1st, and you can visit MarylandCatholicWomen.com and click on Resources for information and the nomination form. Visitors who walk the grounds of the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg often report feeling like they've stepped into a history book, a feeling aided by people such as 12-year-old Nikki Robinson, who has spent three years in the Shrine's Junior History Interpreters Program. Nikki portrays an actual person in costume, participates in period activities, and is there to show and not just tell what it was like to be a student in the early 1800s at the first free Catholic school for girls run by an order of religious sisters in the United States. Visitors can walk in the literal footsteps of a saint. The expansive grounds and the very buildings in which Mother Seton raised her children, worshipped, taught, and ultimately died as one of the most important figures in the history of the Catholic Church in America. Elizabeth Ann Seton, the first U.S.-born American saint to be canonized, lived and worked on the grounds of the current shrine as she founded the First Order of Religious Sisters in the United States. 
Starting in September, people will be able to visit a new $4 million museum and visitor center dedicated to telling the story of Mother Seton in new and engaging ways. For more on these and other stories, visit catholicreview.org. For Catholic Review Media, I'm Kevin Parks. With inviting surroundings, complete independence, and an unmatched quality of life, Mercy Ridge is the unparalleled choice for your retirement lifestyle. It's a way of living that promotes an active, healthier life. Located in Timonium, Maryland, Mercy Ridge Continuing Care Retirement Community features a beautifully landscaped 32-acre campus. The grounds, dining, and recreational amenities and residences are designed to provide a gracious lifestyle and a variety of exciting activities. Visit MercyRidge.com. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. We're back on Catholic Review Radio, talking with Jessica Sirowitz and Nicole Bernardi-Reese about the inspiring movie, With This Light, that profiles the work of Sister Maria Rosa Lego from Honduras. Jessica, it's really heartbreaking to see the conditions that the people, especially many of the young people in Honduras, are living in in that movie. Why haven't we heard more about the life and work of Sister Maria Rosa that really reached in and addressed that before? Okay, so I'm, I believe that it's because um, a lot of times stories about women as um, incredible leaders, um, as incredible, you know, people who are doing these mission work, they're, they're, those stories are not always told. They get lost. So that's one level. At another level, from um, the Honduras perspective, a lot of times they feel like the news that is shared about their country is always bad news. Okay. Good point. You know, it's always news about, um, you know, an exodus story or news around problems and not necessarily about people within country who are doing good work. Right. The hard work of uh, community building, capacity building and developing their own country in order to have, um, you know, uh, better lives for themselves and their children. And as you said, a lot of those 87,000 young people have now grown up and gone on to do all sorts of things. You kind of feature some of them at the end of the movie and tell what they're doing, you know, as pharmacists and, you know, administrators and doing all sorts of other things. Nicole, in the movie, Sister Maria Rosa says that her path is to clear a path for others. She also says uh, she you have to be a little naughty and a little crazy to follow Jesus and do his work. Why is that? How does that fit together? Oh, uh, that is a great question. I think that it fits together in the, the sense that she was doing her mission for for the good of the children of Honduras. And she was doing it because she had the faith and love of Jesus Christ and, and had faith and love for Jesus Christ. And so to do that, to follow just that vision, you have to be a little crazy because you can't always follow the rules. You can't always do what people expect you to do. And you have to forge new new paths ahead. And, you know, she was so remarkable in the fact that she could, she could see a problem holistically where people couldn't even see a problem. She could see how, how education figured into it, how, you know, uh, learning about gender rights figured into it, how jobs, healthcare, just everything. She just looked at it from this whole perspective. And if you look at it from a whole perspective, you realize that you have to 
sometimes you're going to do something that may not make everybody happy. You know, if the system isn't working, you have to change the system. And uh, she did it in a way that was very, she engaged many different communities and she engaged people, the people there. And she also, you know, she didn't save people. She provided people the opportunity to create their own lives. And that's what I think she means is she was the person who could say like, all right, this is what we need. Let's, let's all get together and we're going to do this. And then she's like, all right, we've started this. I'm going to move on to help these other people, but you continue this. Mm -hmm. And that clearing a path for people, you know, to, so that they could make their own path was quite literal. I mean, you actually showed that they were, they were, you know, bulldozing roads into areas that didn't have roads before. So, so that idea of building a path just, I, I think was a really strong uh, allegory there. Certainly Sister Maria Rosa helped 87,000 children and their families. Obviously not all of those are going to be success stories. And you looked at a couple of, uh, a couple of young women very closely in this movie. Uh, one of whom was really struggling with kind of breaking out of all of those situations that were holding her back. How often was she successful and how many people were not able to be helped? Yeah, so I think that's a tough question because I think that this question really um, needs to be told from a perspective of a lifetime of, you know, going through your life as human beings. And one of the things that she would talk about is you're going to have problems along the way. Life is not always easy. It's not always going to be smooth sailing for you. But th this is when you need to have the most faith, the most faith. Mm -hmm. Because, and I, I think that uh, Sister and I had a lot of conversations. She would say, God will provide for you. Now, it may not be exactly in the way that you think that God's going to respond, but, he, right. but God will respond. And so... Um, you know, I, I think that being part of sisters programs, you can't really say whether it's a success or not, like, you know, this, because she was all about not judging, right? Mm -hmm. She was about accepting your journey. And she was about, um, in some cases, um, helping to be in front so that she would, you know, give you opportunities and access, or she would be with you to, um, throughout the lifetime of, of your journey, if you needed to come back to her or her programs, the doors were always open. And so I think that this, this is just the way it is when, you, when you're living a good life, a life, you're going to have problems. And this is when your faith really helps you to get through some of those life problems and, and go through to the you know, to, to the next sort of opportunity that, that is there for you and your family. Yeah. And I think a lot of it also is about planting seeds, you know, so that you don't really know whether that's going to blossom and, and fruit until much later. So, you know, some of those lives I think are going to be uh, certainly touched by what they learned in there. Can I say one more thing? Sure. I also think that it's a combination of what is your family? Sister is about creating a family. Now, this vast network of 87,000 is out there. And that family, you can, you know, reach out to them. They will reach out to you in time of need. And they will be there to, for spiritual accompaniment, for uh, concrete assistance. That's what it is. This is why we are all children of God, because we are all family. 
Is anybody starting work on a canonization cause for Sister Maria Rosa? Yes, yes, absolutely. We have a impact producer, Bonnie Abanza, who had been working on um, Pope Francis's latest film, uh, Francesco, and she called up Jessica and she said, I would like to, if, if you're okay with it, I would like to show Holy Father the trailer, um, to show him what we've been up to. And he saw the trailer and he uh, he laughed. There was a scene about with the soccer scene and he liked soccer. So he laughed about okay. that. He, he really liked the line where she said, you know, no man who has can give me orders has been born yet. I, you know, I only take words from the one above. And um, and then Bonnie said, you know, the community is really, really um, hopeful that they can start the beatification process. This is something that, that the community really wants. And he said, yes, I think that's that's something they should do. And he said, I will call the cardinal. And then Jessica, do you want to tell where we are now on that? Yes. So he did indeed call the Cardinal said, I'm for it. And not only am I for it, but um, you should get started right now, like fast track. <laughs> right. That's great. Because and this is why I love, you know, Holy Father, um, Pope Francis, because he's truly walking in, in, you know, walking in the ways of Jesus. And um, he has a, a real sp soft spot for children, vulnerable children, especially. So he was very moved by sister's story at the diocesan level. So within Honduras, um, there is a strong committee already formed. It is official, it is started. And um, there's a historian attached and they're waiting for the postulator. So it's it's all ha happening right now. Beatification is a go right now in Honduras. That is awesome. Well. Uh, we want our listeners to know that they can visit withthislight.com for more information about the movie and all the streaming services on which the movie is available, including YouTube, Apple TV+, Amazon Prime, and a whole bunch more. The site also has information on how people can help spread Sister Maria Rosa's impact. Thank you so much for being with us today. We've been talking with Jessica Sarowitz and Nicole Bernardi-Reese about the inspiring life of Sister Maria Rosa Lego featured in the new movie with this light. They are the producers and the directors of the movie. And it was uh, great to talk with you today. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Review Radio. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.